Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today, on plan or outright, from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony, with world-first smartphone technology, like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced, it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's, visit sonymobile.com forward slash AU. Merrickville, 104.9, Triple M. Where am I? Welcome to Merrickville. Very excited, Sydney, to have Diruk Jayasena back in the studios. Boom! Hello, Maz and Liam. How are we, boys? Very good indeed, mate. Very excited to have you here today. Uh, Excited to be back. Now, if for anybody who was listening last last week, uh, Dill was on the show and he explained that he went on a date with a human woman <laughs> wearing a pair of UGG boots. First date. Yeah, yeah. It was a first date. It was Neil not was... like, like you know, my 10-year anniversary or anything like <laughs> no. that that you can chill out about. But on a first date, needless to say, Dill did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Today... Today, we'll get part two as we find out if there is a second date after oh. wearing a pair of Ugg boots on the first. Uh, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Joined this afternoon by my good friend, Dilruk Jaisina, a great comedian. You might have seen him on Utopia last night on the ABC or many times on his appearances on Have You Been Paying Attention? But today, he's in here and we've got lots to talk about, uh, Dil. Well, I'm already excited about him all. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to introduce... I mean, can people hear the tone in my voice knowing where Mez is going by the end of the hour? I'm like, yep, can't wait for that segment. Oh, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Nobody comes in here to play yeah. without getting heard at the end. It's, yeah, you have to, yeah, you have yeah. to pay a toll. Like everything in Sydney, you have yeah. to pay a toll. <laughs> you the go for a... segment. Yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we should call it. Cockblock segment. Cockblocking with Dill. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll get nothing to made up. The angry 43-year-old father of two <laughs> cock blocks the young 30-odd gentleman who's just trying to have a Tinder date with a lady. Uh, that's coming up spot. later. That, that, that's a new segment. But a segment that <laughs> a segment that we do on this show um, very regularly is called Hurt Locker Dill. Mm. Now, uh, normally what I do is I spin a, a wheel. Yeah. And an item or an event or something like that comes up. It can be random. It can be something random. like fruit. Um, yeah. It could be uh, it could be fence. It can be anything. Just a word comes up. We did yep. we did yep. toilet once. Toilet. Yeah, and that was oh, horrific. I would have had heaps for that. <laughs> you would have not needed collars for toilet related injuries, mate. You know what the worst one was? A guy fell down the toilet and his arm went around the airspin and snapped in the oh, airspin. Oh, you! I was more like about my diet of of, of curry and beer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was no, no. more what I Sorry, was. Sorry, it's, it's when the toilets hurt you, not when you've hurt the yeah. toilet. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll hit the opener, Mez. Okay, no. Okay, all right. Well, we have. Ouch. Life is pain. Very ouch. My sister wanted the scissors, so she came up and grabbed them. And I snatched them back, and then she stabbed me in the eye with them. <laughs> Everybody hurts. Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. Okay, so, Dill, as I said, we find an object, and today it's inspired. I normally spin the wheel, but today it's inspired by this, because this is an incredible story in Sydney, and you can be a part of this if you want, Sydney. Uh, There's going to be a Sydney CBD zip line Mm. between two buildings. Uh, Sydney's getting a 125-metre zip line between two CBD skyscrapers, 75 metres above Circular Quay. Uh, The AMP Foundation, uh, Big Zipper is what it's called, and it'll stretch between... AMP's two CBD skyscrapers 
and they'll propel riders through the air uh, of speeds of up to 10 metres per second. And basically Ooh. what they're doing, to get involved, participants need to raise at least $5,000 in funds for one of uh, the two AMP Foundation's charities. Uh, they've got partners like Wesley Mission and Cancer Council of New South Wales. You raise $5,000, you yep. get to go on a zip line over Circular Quay. Win-win. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, I don't know if I'd ever have the courage to do something like that. How, how do you go on with, uh, with, with height stuff? Oh, the height stuff. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, with heights, I love zip lines though. Well, we figured out really? that that seventy five meters above circular, it's about twenty stories. Yeah, I, I, it's I got I got told that I was too heavy for bungee jumping, which ironically oh. made me want to. Ironically, made me want to throw myself off a bridge even. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just turn around and go, no, you know what? I'm still going to do it. I just won't need the rope. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Did you have to do that thing where you, you climb to the tower and then you're the guy who has to walk no, all the way to back, down? back down? <laughs> no, that almost happened to me at uh, Wet and Wild in Gold Coast, though. I like nearly chickened out. Like I just got there and I went, oh, no, this is way too high. You know the one that's free fall? Like, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no uh, tube or anything like that. Yeah, you yeah. just go down the slide. But then I was like, I can't because I just knew how much energy it was to go up. Yeah, too much. <laughs> I was like, oh, just, let's just do it. Close your eyes and go. Well, yeah. I love I love a zip line. When I was a kid, there was, we, you know, sometimes they'd be called flying foxes, right? Mm. And uh, when I was a kid, we had one at the end of our street that somebody just knocked up because, you know, we lived in a leafy area and there was a block of land at the end of our street on a dirt road. And uh, somebody just like some homeless person who knows who it was, some random, just set up a flying fox there. So we should just go up there and... <laughs> Because we were neighbor kids, we kind of knew that it had one kind of um, eccentricity, I would call, which was you had to get off before the last seven meters if you wanted to keep your ass. <laughs> right. Because you just... Yeah. Just it got a little the bit... bottom. Well, it got a little bit slack down the bottom end. Yeah, so yeah, for the yeah, first, yeah, like, yeah. kind of 15, 20, 30 meters, yeah, right. flying. And then all of a sudden, the hill kind of came into it, and then it was sort of going... <laughs> Well, so, I'd like to know how many people did it before the, before that information was passed across the seven meters. Yeah, like <laughs> who were the test subjects who were walking around someone's ass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for, for around the street going zip uh, fox for five. It's a very good the, point, actually. Gary McNoas, uh, <laughs> I never saw him <laughs> riding it. So today's hurt locker, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be zip lines, and mm. I'll also accept at the same time. I, I thought it'd be open up to. Rope swings as well. Yeah, right. So uh, another horrific accident. Very, very quickly. When I was a kid, we went down to the river um, and we set up a, a an old. F uh, we got a fire hose that we stole from our high school, and we set mm -hmm. it up over a massive gum tree over the river. Right, and yeah, the idea is swing out. The swing um, at the bottom, at the base of it, Dill. It had the hose part, which is metal and kind of a bit owie. A bit owie, you say. Mm. Mm. Wayne Wayne experienced that on his sack. Oh, yeah, got it caught. It didn't rip or anything like that, but he was <laughs> he was in the water and he was screaming, and we went, "Oh, that's a rip!" Oh my god! Oh, sorry. <laughs> I told you, I warned you. This is what happened. Yeah, sorry, deal. Get get comfortable with the phrase "degloved" because there's a chance you might be on this show. The old Wayne sack. The only swing injury I had, I was about seven or eight years old, and one when my dad used to work, um, uh, a friend, one of his employees, was pushing me on the swing, and then he went too hard, and I fell and smacked my back on it, and he was like, "Oh, please don't tell your dad. Please don't tell your dad." Later that night, I'm getting out of the shower. Dad's like, hang on, what is that massive scar on your back, this massive wound? And because I was seven or eight, I was scared. I told on him.
Oh. You dubbed on his, on his. I dubbed on him. I didn't know any better. I didn't know. Okay, he didn't lose his job, but I think he got a very, very strong <laughs> talking to from dad going, What are you doing telling him not to tell me? Yeah, like, that was probably the thing that upset dad more. <laughs> What's than one of his else? workers pushing a child on a swing for? That's a, <laughs> you do that now. I mean, seriously. Okay, one, triple, three, five, three. Let's open it up for Hurt Locker today. Zip lines and rope swings. Give us a call. Oh, it's already lit up. Here we go. Thanks to the Xperia XZ Premium Smartphone from Sony, we're doing this. Ouch, baby. Jumping up and down, trying to practice my somersault and landed on the springs. And I've got my cat's crackers caught in between the springs. (laughs) Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. Never stops making me laugh. Duroc Jai Center with you today. Just reeling back in horror, like, oh man, I'm someone who's so not physical, like injuries and stuff. Like, I'm, I never played like team sport. It was once there was a fight that broke out, and the guy was about to punch me, but he saw how scared I was. He actually felt bad and just slapped me. Like that's that's the level. That's how aggressive I've ever been in my life. <laughs> you know, that's the closest to being. Oh, so wow. all these stories are going to just do my head in. Well, here's the thing, right? With Hurt Locker, I love it. It's it's such a great thing, deal that I like to share it with friends. It's like having, you know. Like if you've got like a really wicked Skyletric set at home or like a matchbox, you know, car set or something like that, you want your, or an electric, like an RC car or something like that, you want your friends to come around to see it and enjoy it and experience it, right? That's how I feel as a a man, how I feel with it. Like I I want my friends to come around and go, no, what? Look at this thing. This is real. Somebody's going to get degloved. There's no way, no, we can do this segment without somebody hurting a ball. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to James in Parramatta. Hello, James. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, always good when we're doing this segment and always great to take your calls. <laughs> uh, of course, we're talking about zip lines and rope swings for Hurt Locker today. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you at one of you, our favourite places, Parramatta Lakes. Yes. Yes, not well. This was uh, 2015, November. I uh, well, it was me and some other guys trying to put a rope swing up. Yes. Yeah. A uh, 22 meter long rope. Oh. Two tiers to actually swing from, which was only about halfway up the rope. Yep. We right. put a knot in the rope. Yep. To throw over the branch of the tree, which ended up getting caught in the fork of a tree. Yep. It was stuck and just not safe enough to be able to swing from. Okay. So someone had to climb. Just straight up the rope, the 22 metres onto Here the branch go, to, uh, right. to, to do it. Mm-hmm. It's called Ninja About Warrior now. Isn't it? Three <laughs> or four guys had a go and couldn't even get halfway. Well, I decided, yeah, it's my turn. I have a go. I got halfway, looked down and thought, you know, you can't stop. You've got to keep going. If you fell, you guarantee you're going to break your legs at least. So I got all the way to the top. When I got up there, my arms were so fatigued, like worse than they've ever been. I'm a, a climber, like I've been climbing for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My arms were more fatigued than they've ever been. I sat there for about 20 minutes, had a cigarette. Uh, right. Okay, so so far, James, you've just explained how you climbed a rope and been a bogan, but did you actually hurt yourself? <laughs> well, I had to get down, and the only way down was... Pretty much the way I came up. Now, I knew my arms didn't have the strength to hold me, but I had to have a go anyway. Mate, if you heard like stories about having sore arms, <laughs> if, it's, if it's about having lactic acid build up, mate, I've heard worse. James, get to the pain part. <laughs> I ended up, I ended up um, 
hanging down off the, the branch to slide down the ropes. Yeah. As soon as I put my weight onto the rope, my hands let go. Oh, I uh, fell the 22 metres sort of backwards head first straight down. Oh! Towards about a metre off the ground, which was straight oh. on the rock. Oh, mate. I now we now... over. I tried to tuck it up into the, like, you know, ball position. Yeah. I hit the rocks. I bounced three metres to the left into the water. Right. Uh, some blokes jumped in and pulled me out. Oh, I had to instruct them how to give me, like, first aid. Yeah, And right. wait the next two hours for the helicopter to come and pull me out. Oh, James, did you, did you, did you land on your head? I, I sort of... Come down between, like on my leg. Oh. Well, because that, cause that would have explained why why the story took so long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At least when we do. But like, I like how James. I love the fact that he's he's taking a long time to tell a story. Like we're building up to like this is going to be very very funny, and then he's go. Actually, that's kind of grim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, how was the? Did you finish the? Did you finish your diary? Oh, I've, I've, we've let James go. I think, let, I think James at least, at least when we do Hurt Locker stories, we've got an example of when one was painful. Oh, um, and best of luck to you, James. We've got Gary and Campbelltown. Let's move on. Happy times. Hey, hey gents. How are we? Good, mate. Zipline stories, a rope, or a rope swing story? Yeah, mate. Mine won't be as uh, long and drawn out as that one. Good man, <laughs> Gary. Good, good, uh, I was back in Year 7 back in the day and um, we're out at uh, it's a broken bay at the camp out there on the Hawks yep. River. Yep. And um, there was a big flying fox zip, zip line and I was at the top of that and they used a blanket to catch you when you got to the bottom. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, yeah, some right. fool thought it was a great idea not to actually catch my body but just catch my head as I went past. Oh. So, so I just got a... The instant burka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, blind, blindfolded and uh, hung drawn and recorded nearly and ended up uh, in, in uh, the... Medical centre for nearly six hours in traction, waiting for uh, oh, oh, making sure there was no permanent damage. Scary. That's back when fun was fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I mean, I mean, now some kids, unfortunately, they don't get anywhere near horrific injuries. But no. Unbelievable. It's, I'm, I'm partially surprised, and I shouldn't be, that this has got kind of dangerous and a bit grim. Like I just mm. thought it was going to be, oh, I got a bit of rope burn on my balls, yes. and that would move on. But, I, I just love that you live in a world where getting degloved isn't grim. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst story. That's the that's the benchmark deal. We started degloving and we worked our way up. Uh, All right, good Andrew and Camden. Hello, mate. G'day, how are you? You're really good. All right, zip lines, flying foxes, and rope swings. Yeah, I grew up up near Tamworth, and one school holidays back when I was a kid, I think it was about year eight or year nine, some mates and I decided we'll build a flying fox, and we built it over a um, barbed wire fence with star pickets. Oh, smart. Well, we used the front end of a push bike with the front wheel and the forks and the handlebars, and a mate of mine jumped on it. First time he went, he was fine. Second time, the handlebars came out of the forks and he landed on top of a star picket. You could get the, you could literally get the calf muscle on his leg and pull it back and see the bones of his leg. There we go. He got, um, I think it was about 30 staples and 400 stitches. And the worst part is we went back. Yeah. Do you still count by the time you get to 200? <laughs> I have no idea. But the worst part was we went back a couple of weeks, oh, about a week later when he got back out of the hospital to check on him and get the rope. The rope was mine. 
And we went out the back to pull it down, and here's his border collie dog licking the fat off the star picket. Oh, oh you are joking. That is. No, I'm not. Mate. His dog was eating him. Yep. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. One man's trash is another dog's <laughs> dinner. <laughs> Holy! That's oh. a first for Hurt Locker. That is. That's a first. That's this is the first time in a while where I've just gone. Okay, that's next level. And well done, Andrew. <laughs> well played. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The next billion seconds are the most important in human history as technology transforms the way we live and work. The smartphone, barely a decade old, has given billions access to information and capacities they've never had before. It's changing what we can do, and it's changing the shape of the future. So what does that future look like? Hi, I'm Mark Pesci, the host of The Next Billion Seconds, a new show on Podcast One. Join me as I speak to some of the brightest minds shaping that world. The people who are spending their lives forming that future. We'll hear about their work in helping shape those next billion seconds. Listen at podcastone.com.au or on the Podcast One app. Great to have you here, Dill. Last week when you were in... You yeah. told me about how you went on a Tinder date with a young lady. And yeah. I thought I'd get a lot of support from you for, for this Ooh. as a self-confessed bogan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but. Because on this first date, I uh, admitted that I wore uh, Ugg boots to the date. And uh, <laughs> we went to the pub. My legs were under the table, so she didn't see it at first. So I actually brought it up. And uh, she brought up any... I, I was saying my point, my argument was that I, I that she deserves to know what I'm like, you know, on day one, I don't want to see a, her to see a fake version of me on day one. So this is the type of guy I am—the guy who wears ugg boots to the pub. Yeah. But then um, she po- pointed out saying that well, it's more about a respecting, saying that you don't care enough about our first date to dress up. Yeah, that's true. Was and a she's, valid point. she's absolutely right. Tell me about your ugg boots. Just let's just get some clarity on that. Okay, yeah. are they uh, are they all black? Have they got? They're the all gu- black. Are they, not the sheepskin ones with the guitar strap up the side of them. <laughs> they used to be very popular when I was young. <laughs> No, these are, right. these are just plain black. They're mm. just they're so not they're, the full boot. They're no, not the full boot. They're okay. like sort of semi boot. Oh, the anklet. The anklet. Oh uh, no, 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 no. It just goes. It it goes. It rises above my ankles. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's like yeah. It's a little. It's a booty as opposed to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, like look, knee high. My, here's a visual aid right there. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you've got you, them on. You've, <laughs> why would you? <laughs> we had this not. Is, we had hey, not I had the same. I have the same respect oh, no. for your studio. No, studio. This is my point. Notice. When I when I walked in, you guys didn't notice at all. No. This is my point. It just goes under the radar, the Ugg boot. The no, it goes booty. under the desk and put it back under there. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Wow. Now we know how that, that poor girl feels. <laughs> having said that, Used. having said that, well camouflaged. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. This I, didn't is my even, point. I didn't even think to look. It just suits me. It goes with my overall oeuvre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Crouching I tiger, think... hidden Ugg boot. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> Speaking of your overall oeuvre, uh, yeah. you're going on a uh, you're going on a second date with this lady. I am. Well, this is what I, I also during the week she uh, sent me a text uh, with a picture of a shop saying, "Hey, they're having a sale on here for Ugg boots if you want any more." Ooh. So she's she. It's, it was a good talking point for the yeah. first date, and then I said, "Good, I can. I need something to wear for date number two. And she goes, "Speaking of, when are we doing date number two? And uh, the only available time I have, because as you know, mate, I'm a very busy. You are. You're on about fourteen <laughs> no, but, different television shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, but I do. I do go head off to Sri Lanka on Sunday to see the old folks back there. But uh, so my free time, the only free time I have is Friday morning and Friday afternoon. Now my question to you is, what do you think I should do? For a daytime date, date number two. I would say afternoon only because I'm a creep and I think you're more likely to get action in the afternoon. <laughs> okay. Oh. But then again, <laughs> it's a second date. So. I mean, now that you've said action and if she's listening, like like I said, this segment <laughs> should be called <laughs> Mez Cock Blocks Dill. <laughs> Cock Blocking with Dill Rook. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's see if you can get the date called off completely. Keep going, Mez. What other ideas okay, do you have? Okay, so okay. afternoon more likely for... Possibly, possibly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what right. can I ask? Uh, well, I, don't the, want, I don't need to know. There is that song, "Afternoon Delight." You yes, know, exactly. I guess that's that's the inspiration for it. Absolutely. Can, um, can I ask what she does for a living? Is that or is that too <laughs> revealing? Yeah, let's not. Okay, I mean, also right. because I can't remember. What <laughs> 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 so the date, the date obviously went well. Let me guess. You guys talked a bit about you. <laughs> going on a date with me. <laughs> Let's talk about, hi, my name's Merrick. Let's talk about me. Mate, I'm a stand-up comedian. I get people to pay me money to yeah. listen to me talk about my life. Yeah, I mean, right. it's absolutely fair for you to say to her, look, to be fair, I'm more interesting. <laughs> You're getting some free gear yeah. right now, lady. I mean, yeah. <laughs> people, I mean... <laughs> people play 5 and $10 to see me normally. <laughs> You're getting this for free. The trick is, where are you going to take it? Are you going to take it yeah. to a cafe or are you going to do something creepy like go to a park? Park? No, 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 no. Don't no, go, no, go no, to park. a park. I don't, I've I tried don't, that. Like, see, as a big lad, when you there's the, the, the park doesn't suit me well when I sit down because, you know, there's flab moving all over the place. You know what I mean? If I lie down, it's all over. the. You know what I mean? There's no there's no sexy way for me to sit at a park. Well, so you, you're saying you want to Where is it? The of... pub table with Ugboots? Well, that's it. <laughs> no worries. I figured out where you can have your next date with her. Oh, no. All right. Okay. At the desk of the project. That way is just... <laughs> Up to your waist. She can't see All the right. Ugboots or anything. She's so unless he's dating Carrie Bickmore, Gretel Colleen, he's in strife. Oh, what are you saying? Well, Leeds not interested? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Racist is what that is, Liam. It's very fancy. <laughs> you heard it here, uh, Triple M listeners. Oh. Liam is a racist. <laughs> I'm not happy about this. Still, we, yeah. we are not afraid of feedback on this show. That's a lie. We actually, I'm terrified of it. I think, just, I, I as think, long as it's not from my bosses. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Mez, I think the other day you specifically asked for only positive feedback for people to call through for a new segment and you tried it. That's right. I yeah. did a history segment um, a couple of days ago, Dill. And yeah. uh, I don't really know how it went. Um, I'm not really sure. I just forced it upon people and tried and then, to. And and, and we're doing it again next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, so it's positive. There um, you go. There's your positive. I was. Another yeah, segment yeah. we tried the other uh, week, Dill. We were talking about BMX, Mez, and we asked the listeners to just give us some of their best BMX stories. Yes. BMX story. Plenty of times I'd come off a jump, you know, on the side of the street when I'd see a girl I knew or something, feet off the pedals, whack down on the nuts. And oh. That <laughs> happened a of times. I fell off and my balls got caught in a spoke. My younger brother, Tim, he's decided, nah, I'm riding his bike. Ripped the tyres and tubes off the rims, and says, "Hey, this makes sparks when I hit the brakes." 
Oh. And he's oh. just destroying my rims. And my mate throughout oh. the front just going, what the hell is your brother doing? The good news is he went <laughs> off and got a rim job after that. So uh, he, there it is. He, uh, That's why you're not allowed that. back on Channel 9. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So we had those amazing calls. But uh, I got a message on the Merrickville Facebook page today, Mez. And I yep. thought I'd share this with you, Dill, as well. Uh, mm. It's from Dallas. And he said, hey, boys, just heard on your podcast the stories with the good old BMX. Mm-hmm. I've got a cracker. Lol. He lulled himself, which I was oh, – okay. he was not off to a good start. Yeah. He, no this, one loves a comedian who laughs at themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, I'm in trouble then. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a story from Dallas that he sent us through on Facebook today. Uh, me and a mate found the biggest set of doubles, which I had to Google with jumps with yeah. a gap in the middle and a yeah. landing ramp on the other side. Me and my mate found the biggest set of doubles in the bush near my place and just had to jump it. My mate's brother was with us and only just gotten into riding. He had all the gear and no idea. And he said, I'm going to give this a go. After 10 minutes of trying to talk him out of it, he goes. Pedaling at warp speed, he hits the first ramp, clears the gap, and lands basically on the flat at the other side of the down ramp. And on his back wheels, flips the bike upside down and lands in a big dusty mess. My mate and I are laughing our heads off, thinking he winded himself because he was making all these weird and wonderful noises. On inspection, when we finally got up to him, he had a bone sticking out of his ankle by about 25 mil. We managed to get an ambo into him, but they couldn't get him out without a helicopter because it was so hard to get into the bush where they were. He refused the helicopter because he didn't think he could afford it. And so, so they had to wheelbarrow him out. Now, when I read that... When I, Wheelbarrow, does wheelbarrow mean something different to Sri Lanka? Like, because, because, what? Don't, don't tell me that we need to save him with a trombone. Because... So when I read that, I thought it meant they had a wheelbarrow with him. Yeah. But they mean the old school pick him up by his feet Legs. while he walks yeah, out on his feet. Right. Amazing. Okay, no, no, because I thought that, that was the actual device, the wheelbarrow. Uh, yeah, they so just chucked I. him in one of no. them. Right. No, here, here I was thinking they so were using something logical. No. So he's using his hands for feet and this 25 ml of bone sticking out of the other one. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it keeps going, though. While he, was walking okay, on, while he was walking on his hands with the – the ambos were holding his leg and I was holding the other leg. We stopped a couple of times so we could have a few goes of the gas and then they'd go off again. Mm-hmm. After about 500 metres, they came to the hard part. Another lol in there from Dallas. What? <laughs> a small creek and a steep hill. <laughs> yes. As my mate is walking through the creek on his hands, he slips on a slimy rock and dunks his head under the water with us oh. holding his legs in the air. So we are basically holding his head under the water. and Drowning can, him. Yeah, drowning him. Uh, I've heard this story has come Guantanamo Bay, similar sort of style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just... Finally, we got him out of the creek. We drag him up the hill to the waiting ambulance and off he goes to hospital. After surgery and steel plates and screws to hold his foot together, he was all good. Well, not really. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not, the, not all good. There was the bit Why? where he walked out of the bush on his hands. <laughs> what? So what's, this, what's the, the helicopter thing? Wouldn't the helicopter have shown up anyway? Like you can't just knock it back once it's there, can you? Well, I think my understanding is that Dal- the Ambos got to his mate, Dallas's mate, and ah, said, okay, "Mate, yeah. we need to we need to airlift you Help. out of here because your leg's so but bad." You, but you pay for it. But you'll pay for it, right? And his what's mate's the, gone. The... I think I'd rather take my chances going the old wheelbarrow. No, nah, man, get the chopper. Worry about the bill later. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not wheelbarrowing <laughs> out of anywhere but a pub. You that is where saying? you'd you'd never thought you'd need Arnold Schwarzenegger more. Where he goes, just get to the chopper. Just <laughs> do it, you stupid idiot. <laughs> The funny part, too, when he said we're doing doubles in the bush, I went, hang on a second. Is that the title of a film I once watched? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm also the boot. Okay. They definitely tried wheelbarrowing that one, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the one we're familiar with too, Dill, the real one. <laughs> Dill Rick Center, mate, an absolute pleasure to have you in. Hopefully we'll see you again soon if you're not busy making the 14 television programs you're currently on. We'll see you again Thank soon. Thank you, Mas. Thank you, Liam. Dill. Take it easy. This is a story for you, and I want to get your opinions on this. We're going to change it up a little bit. We had something planned, but this story is kind of, uh, it's taken a bit of a twist. So you might have seen uh, recently some footage of a seven-year-old boy who stunned uh, all viewers. who's playing rugby league and footage came out of him uh, in the under-8s playing for St. John's Eagles under-8 side in the Canterbury-Bankstown Junior League. He's a big boy, big lad, probably twice the size of any other kid, running around having a, a, a game. And obviously he's of the right age, but he just happens to be a big unit. And if you haven't seen it, you can head to the Merrickville uh, Facebook page and check it out there. The video to the story, and this story is up there at the moment. So there's been a bit of a concerning aftermath. Yahoo Sports uh, has reported that the reaction to the video has upset the boy's parents, reducing them to tears. And they read some of the cruel comments posted about him on social media and have withdrawn him from this sport. Channel 7's rugby league reporter Josh Masood said that the boy's future is in the sport is now uncertain. And I quote, this kid now has stopped playing rugby league. He won't be playing this weekend. And that is really, really sad. And it is. Um, it seems as though the, the parents uh, have made the decision to withdraw him from the sport, which is sad. And apparently the parent who uploaded the footage to the internet also deeply regrets doing it. It's a, the, uploading the, the footage because yeah. they've gone, well, now this kid's had to bail out. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, the, it's a touchy subject, footage of children on the internet as well. And all the other, you know, all the kids' uh, faces in the footage are blurred because it's yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, yep. permission is a, plays a big part in this. Mez, what are your thoughts on it? Because the whole okay. wait for age debate in, in rugby league has, has gone on for a long, long time. Definitely. And rugby league is a bit of an exception, I think, because uh, if you look at something like AFL Auskick, Right, no matter what your size, with AFL generally, no matter what your size, whether you be short, fast, tall, there is a position for you on the field, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the way it works. With rugby league, you know, obviously you've got different sizes, but same shape, yeah. Yep. And so, if you've got an accelerated growth pattern as a child, you might be a massive unit playing mm. around other kids who haven't hit the growth spurt yet, or you know, uh, a little bit skinny, haven't put the meat on their bones yet. And all of a sudden, you've got a disparity there, a huge physical disparity. And that's what this kid's got. Good luck to him. He's a big, he's a big unit. Well, and it's so, uh, the rugby league is such a big sport with the uh, Islander community. Of course. Um, you know, so, and typically, a lot of these um, kids that are bigger for their age come from that community. Yep. So here's my thoughts. If my boy was playing in a team against this young lad, I would probably not want to see him playing. Because given the fact that the guy is, you know, compared to those mm. kids, it's like a running fridge. Yeah. You know, he's just coming at you. And your son's a little esky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not even that. You know what he is? He's a little six pack. You know, just that little one. It's just. Styrofoam oh, stubby cooler. I've got one of those. They're very yeah. handy for when you go to the beach <laughs> or down the park. Anyway, he would, he'd be like a freight train running through those kids. So if you're in the opposition, you wouldn't want to see him because he's a human plow. Having said that, I'm torn. Because I don't like to see any kid get into a position where, because he's been bullied on social media or even just exposed on social media or just generally talked about, mm. has had to walk, a game, a walk away from a game and a sport that he loves mm. 
and that he has great prospect in as well. I mean, yeah. imagine this. I mean, this kid could be, you know, the next Willie Mason. He's a big lad. He was probably a big lad when he was a kid as well. Yeah, yeah. and, and look, and I think my heart breaks for the kid because uh, the other thing I think gets overlooked sometimes is is the mental development. Like, he's a seven-year-old. And so yeah. if, if, you know, you want to address the fact that he should be playing with bigger kids, uh, you know, he's then, or you want him to play out with kids who have the mental yep. development of tw- 10 and 12, just because he's the same size. Like it's, it's, what there's that to be taken into account as well. What, uh, that, what do you uh, think? If you uh, had to draw a line in the sand, play or not play, what do you reckon? Oh, I think he should be allowed to play. Absolutely. I um, think he should think, be allowed to play, but I think you've got to push him up a, a grade. I read, I read a quote from the coach of this side um, who said that he's very aware of his size. Um, and he's not out there. He doesn't abuse the fact that he's much bigger than these kids. He knows he has a physical advantage, but he doesn't abuse that fact by not trying unnecessarily hurt kids. hurting these yeah, kids. Yeah. Lots of calls already coming through, man. Yeah, absolutely. Let's open up phones. One triple three five three. Let's just do an old school, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm prepared to do that. What do you reckon? You know what the facts are. There's a, a really large kid playing in an undersized team. It's not his fault. He's, he's done everything right. He loves the sport. Should he be playing it? Should he be moved into another division? Should he, you know, step away? It's sad to see a kid with prospects walk away from a sport. No one likes to see that. One triple three five three. We're going to take your calls. Yeah, we got, what we, do you reckon? We got Max from Summerhill already on the line, man. Maxie, what do you reckon? Mate, let them play. Otherwise, these kids are going to grow up soft. They're not going to be able to tackle the bigger boys when they get a little bit older. It's just not good for the game. They've got to learn. Yeah, okay. So you think it's good for the other kids to to see, you know, this human freight train coming at them because they've they've got to learn to to block these kids at some stage anyway. At some stage anyway, teach them young, and then when they get older, mate, they're used to it. And they get if they keep carrying on premier grade, what are they going to do? Yeah, complain that they're playing against people that are bigger than them. Yeah, but Max, hang on a second. We just slow up for a second. Uh, I mean, you're clearly a Kiwi, so you grew up playing all your sport against Maoris, and you would just be constantly getting smashed. So no doubt you're hardened. And I and I learned from it. Yeah, yeah. Are you a big unit yourself, Max? No, I was I was a small white rural kid playing against these big, you know, Maldives, and we would get smashed. But yeah, well then you you're grow just up with them. Yeah. You learn how to adjust, and you become a better player because of it. Okay, well, look, that's your opinion, Max, and that's exactly what we're asking you for. Thank you for your call. Lots of calls coming through, Maz. We'll take a quick song though. Okay, one triple three five three. What do you reckon? Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit. Where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick. I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Big thanks to Xperia XZ Premium Smartphone from Sony. Taking your calls, one triple three five three. What do you reckon is the talkback topic today? I uh, can imagine my boss not really liking the lack of clarity. He would that argue one. that hasn't been well thought through. No. But and look, you know what? It has uh, because we're talking about the young kid, and I think a lot of people would have seen him—a seven-year-old boy in under eights. Uh, he's playing for the St John's Eagles. 
uh, in the Canterbury-Bankstown Junior League, and he is a big unit that can just plough his way through opposition. Uh, unfortunately, after a video went viral, he has uh, his parents have decided to take him out of the game mm. because there's obviously a clear advantage to the boy because of his size, but now he's not playing. And yeah. I, I, part of me, like I said, if I was a father of uh, my, my boy was playing in, in an opposite opposition team, I would be going, oh, I don't want to see that kid on the ground. I'd love, rather see him in under 14s. Yep. Uh, but as, if I was his father or a part of his team, I'd be going, that's pretty sad that a kid is um, unfortunately unable to play or not wanted to play simply because of his size. Yep. What are your thoughts? What do you reckon? See, it makes sense. Denise in Liverpool. Hi, how are you? Yeah, really good. Great to have you on the show, Denise. What do you reckon? Um, well, I'm a parent of a child on the other side of the scale. Um, I had a son who's definitely on the smaller side. So when you look at all the, even the great football players, my son's kind of like the Darren Lockyer sort of build. He's not big, he's not burly, but he plays hard and he plays fast. Can you understand the word plays. he says when he talks? Can you understand what he says? <laughs> yeah, still, okay, thankfully. Good. Okay. But um, yeah, no, he was uh, did a minimal Minimum, 25 tackles every game. He was a machine. He was a rep player. Um, but, you you know, every once in a while you'd cycle around in the comp and then you'd play against the team and they, you know, every every once in a while you'd come across a fridge. Mm. And this bloke, he was just a big kid. He couldn't run. Um, this was a different team altogether. Slightly older kid. I'm talking about the 14s. And son's tearing it up. He'd already been picked to play rep footy, um, was tackled, went to play the ball. This big unit comes, just flops on top of him, snapped ankle, oh, football career, gone. No. And, the, and the fact is, like everybody, even the parents on the other side were saying, look, you know, we knew this was going to happen. but it's And it does happen, unfortunately, every once in a while because people like to have, oh, you know, we've got this big unit on the team. Well, that's great. What are you doing to develop that child? Like just having him there because he's big is he doing something productive for the team? Okay, fair enough. You took out a kid who was a great player and he didn't score anymore after that. Regardless of that, what are you doing to help that kid when he's older? I understand you can't put him in an older age group because yep. mentally, um, even though he's only seven, you can't put him out to play with 10s. And he might still be bigger than kids in the 10s anyway. Mm. Um, but it, And it's got nothing to do with what the other person was saying. Oh, they're going to have to learn to tackle properly. How are they going to learn to tackle that? How many adults would be able to tackle somebody proportionately that much bigger? Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's... I, don't, I can't try to imagine what it'd be like in me, in terms of me. It'd be like me running into Gordy or something. I don't, I don't know. Or, you that's know, that, or that's exactly it. And the end of the day, um, it's, you know, it might look funny to some people. And I think yeah. that's really sad. The end of the day, it, it's not good for his confidence. No. And that was before all of this happened. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I agree with what the bloke, you know, like, I mean, okay. Um, someone was saying about some of the Islander kids are bigger. Well, why yeah. don't we have a league for them? Because they have got phenomenal skill. They are tough. They are hard. But yep. sometimes they are just really big. And I, and I love them. Like, my kids' best friends are, you know, are, are Islanders. But yeah. sometimes they are just, God bless them, they're the healthiest people on earth. They're just They're so just big. big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, Denise, it's not racist to inform Islanders that they're big. I'm pretty sure they're aware of it when they get a job <laughs> but no, moving but fridges saying, that I can't it, pick up. Yeah, like, and, and I've gone and I've watched football teams and Oz tag teams, and they're yep. they're all Islanders and they play beautifully, like yep. one perfectly yep. tuned unit. And I just think, you know, like if only these little kids, well, these younger kids, um, if they had something like that, because the numbers have got to be there. Yeah, and you know, you know what, what they mean? need to do, Denise. They need to have a review. I think that's, you know, I think where you're leading to. Let's, sorry, Lee. I don't know. We're yep. going to Graham. 
Graham in Quakers Hill. Hello, mate. G'day. How are you going? Very good indeed. All right. What do you reckon we're talking about? This young kid. I'm on the other side of that scale. My son, uh, 14, six foot one, mm-hmm. um, 90 wow. kilos now. Um, he stopped playing a couple of years ago because he's a gentle giant, mm. and um, he's too big. And yeah. he's he got injured because he had seven people trying to tackle him, and oh. uh, I've extended both knees. So, so there he, you go. So he, that's a, that's a completely different angle that I didn't even consider. That he, you know potentially he, he you even, get ganged up. He won't on. even come to the game tonight because he's just so over league because his dreams have been shattered. His wow. dreams his dreams are shattered because he wanted to play but he couldn't. Just or? in a team, just wanted to play in a team. So I'm going to the para game right now. He won't come. He used to come all the time because he's just he's just over league, and it's hey, sad because it okay. shouldn't be. Graham, is he skillful? He's not the best player in the world. He's not that he team have that everyone be. thinks. But he's, you know, he's yeah. a team player. He's a good player. Mate, you know what? It's uh, he's If he's tall, I mean, maybe AFL. I'm, I'm certainly, there's no bias there. I'm just saying that, you know, if he's tall and he's young and he's athletic, then, you know, maybe yeah, AFL. basketball. <laughs> there you go. Well, we know there's more money than if you go all the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get to America, ka-ching for Graham and Quakers Hill. It's sad that he left because yeah. of that, that's all. Yeah, 100 percent mate. That was that's a great angle, and that's what I love about opening up the phones like this is that you get Thanks, to see different perspective. Yeah. Thank Thanks you, mate. for the call, Graham. Get to see a different perspective, you get to hear different reasoning behind it, and it's not just as simple as black and white a lot of the time. There's a lot more to it. We have so many calls. I'm sorry that we can't get to more. It's just we're just running short of time. I've got Tex Perkins coming in the studio soon and he's he's ready to rock. Merrickville here on Triple M, Aussie rock veteran Tex Perkins has fronted a bunch of bands over the years, Beast of Bourbon, uh, The Cruel Sea, Tex Don and Charlie. And the great news is that Tex Don and Charlie have just released a brand new album, You Don't Know Lonely, and they'll be playing three shows at the Factory Theatre at the end of this month. They've also released a, a new memoir, Tex, where Tex lays bare his extraordinary life. Uh, playing out on the road, and he joins me in the studio now. Great to have you here, Tex. G'day, Merrick. Bloody we, legend. We Shall we refer to it as the textbook? Oh, that's good. You like that? Yeah, that's good. Have you been using that? Did you use that on the project when you were dressed up as Osher Ginsburg's dad? <laughs> <laughs> I slip it in anywhere I can. <laughs> so does said he. The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> said the, the, said the priest to the... <laughs> <laughs> the actress to the bishop, I think it is. Oh, well, mate, uh, it's congratulations first of all on the music. Uh, being a big fan of of your music uh, for so many years, it's great to see that you're back um, releasing new music and also to releasing this autobiography. Let's have a chat about this uh, biography. Why have you decided to release one now and uh, talk about the stories that you talked about? Well, first of all, uh, the, well, I didn't initiate it. Um, somebody else, uh, well, Stuart Coop came to me and said that a publisher was was already set up and it was just a matter of me saying, yeah, and um, it would be a thing. But uh, so they dangled a bag of money in front of me and um, <laughs> that's how things happen. How did they know your weak spot? <laughs> <laughs> that's how things happen in this world. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be money, mate. Sometimes it can be something else. I've worked in show business a long time. <laughs> a bag of something else. <laughs> No, I actually would have taken a lot longer if there was a bat bag of it. <laughs> actually, uh, this was written over over my dry summer. Right. Okay. You had a dry summer. Mm. But, uh, no, it was uh, the why now. Um, I think enough time has passed. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stories. There's a <laughs> statue of limitations in there. With, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a lot of the criminality in some of these yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. I know you, mate. So they can't. Surely they can't come after us after all this time. Mate, so, I've I've read some excerpts from it, and uh, you're talking about the time, obviously touring with the Rolling Stones, and they came here. That was '95, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, there's obviously the hilarity of the fact that you refer to them all as tiny human beings, which makes us all feel good because you're a big gent. <laughs> they are little fellas. So are you intimidated? Tex, you're a big guy, but they're the Rolling Stones. I know. Are well, you are you intimidated when you're in a room with them or you just go, oh my God, you look like little puppets of the Rolling Stones? Look, look to tell you the truth, I was a, I was a, I was a cheeky. Starts with P. Mm. Um, you can and, say prick. And, and ends with Rick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a triple M, mate. That's, that's light on. No, I was a, I was, I was a little bit cheeky at the time. I, uh, I mean, um, there was an initial press conference where we were invited along, and and the Stones were all there, and, and that's when, yeah, we were introduced to them, and handshaking. That it was like meeting a bunch of little, little old children. You know, <laughs> because they were, look, I'm six four, and they, they must be like scraping it at five five. You know, like, wow, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, they like they, they come. They're like Ronnie Woods in a little pair of overalls, <laughs> a little bib and brace at the front there. Are you right there, Ronnie? But no, though, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was they they allowed us to um, inhabit the uh, the backstage communal backstage area where mm. you know the, it was called the Voodoo Lounge. It was the Voodoo Lounge tour, and there was literally a Voodoo Lounge with yeah. lounges, yeah, and televisions and you know, buffet going on for miles. And at the back of every single uh, concert, uh, Ronnie and Keith have a full size billiard table set up. Unbelievable. And uh, this is a 12-footer, too. Yeah, full-size billiard table. So, you know, the, the, I remember the day we were playing at the that's MC. A, that's the entire length of a Rolling Stones band. <laughs> <laughs> if you put them end to end, it's all of them. <laughs> exactly. It took, it took Keith a half an hour to walk from one end to the other. Have <laughs> <laughs> to stand on each other's shots, shoulders to take a shot. Give us a boost, will you, Ronnie? But anyway, the day, the day we were playing at the MCG, it was raining. And uh, we were backstage in the in the voodoo lounge, and Ronnie and Keith were having their you know, you know, ritual game of what I don't know what they were playing, but I, w- I walked over to have a look, and I noticed that Keith was just terrible. It's literally just pushing balls around the oh. table, and it's nobody likes to be watched when mm. they're playing like shit. Mm. Mm. And uh, and I just remembered you know, thinking, wow, I wish I hadn't have walked over here now. It's awkward. So I, I better. Um, Shall I make small talk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then well, I... Ch- I think with them, everything's small talk, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then I chimed in with, oh, what happens What happens when it rains? You know, because there was no, no cover on the stage. Yeah. What happens when it rains? And Keith looks up from a shot and says, you get wet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Oh, oh, right. Never thought of that. Thank you. I'm jolly good. But that's putting <laughs> you back in your box as well. Because, I mean, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty stoic band, you know, the Stones. They've been around for a long time. They're pretty hardened. You know, they've got their stripes. But, but you know, you're no slouch yourself, though, Tex. Thanks. I'm not sure what, what any of that means, uh, Merrick. Well, but, uh, but... mate, you've, you're, you're a hard rocker. Like, you know, growing up in the 90s and listening to your music and, and your contemporaries as well, there was always a sense... Tex Perkins was the real deal, you know, a rock and roll, a genuine rock and roller, as opposed to a front man or a singer or a lead singer or a vocalist or any of the other, you know, um, names that you could associate well, with rock and roll. You were a rock and roll star. Well, the, I think, well, you know. At a time when there wasn't a lot of those blokes around. Hey, look, there was me and Tim Rogers. We were, we were holding <laughs> Hundred percent. We were holding up that that generation of. It's of funny rock and you should rolls. say that. Timmy Rogers was in here uh, maybe six months ago, twelve months ago, and I said the same thing to him. And I was thinking about it just before he came in. 
that you guys and you and I were a, a link in a chain between two musical events, you know, an era of music before, you know, the silver chairs and the powder fingers came in. Australian music looked like, oh, wh- where are we going? What are we going to do? Where's the originality here? Who's going to, you know, step forward into that void? And I reckon it was you and you and I that did that. Look, he, he, he is uh, one of my best friends, but he's also one of my uh, my rivals. He's He is my rival. Mm. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, we, we love each other, but we've basically, we're kind of, uh, we're constantly sort of being, you know, sort of, pitted against each other yeah. and um as much as we us rock guys love you know love each other and, and support each other you know if one of us does a little bit better than the other one <laughs> <laughs> mate you should have a look at comedy what a bunch of pricks let's name that na- we'll name names peter hellier been mates for 24 years don't trust that bastard <laughs> love the bloke but i'll take his job if i on the project if i could but we're all I'm a, we're also we're, we're also each other's side men we're yep. also each other each other's reserve like I've stepped in for him, like yeah, in, yeah. in the it's like there was a Bowie tribute show that was going around like last year, and Tim couldn't make one of them, and I stepped in for him. Yeah. So there's a position that's often filled by either him yeah, or yeah. me. <laughs> but let's talk about what you're doing at the moment with music. Text Don and Charlie, uh, you've got a new release. You guys are playing uh, at the Factory Theatre at the end of this month. How is it different for you now, producing music, almost thirty years on? 24 years, uh, yeah. We've, we've, okay, I've binded it up a little bit then. I should have just gone <laughs> roughly 20, but I went 30, made you look older. <laughs> well, actually, only if you want to put some numbers on it, we uh, we, we did uh, our first album in 93, second album in 2005, and third album in 2017. That's a gap of exactly 12 years each time. What a bunch of massive underachievers. <laughs> we choose only to work in the year of the rooster. Right. Right. Okay. Of course. I, I mean, I should have had a sense of your zodiac appreciation when you came in. The year of the cock is uh, is the only. The, uh... That's every year at Triple M. Every year. I'm joined this afternoon by Tex Perkins. Tex, stick around. I want to play a musical quiz with you next. Joined this afternoon by rock legend Tex Perkins, who is doing some shows at the Factory Theatre at the end of this month. Uh, with his band, Text Don and Charlie, and they've got a brand new release that you can pick up on iTunes. You don't know Lonely. Uh, Tex, mate, when I get Australian musicians into the studio here, and it's in fact any musicians, uh, I like to play a little game with them, and uh, it's called uh, You Don't, uh, Your Music or Not. I don't even know the name. <laughs> well, we've got an opener, we've got an opener, mate, okay, so this will explain it. Merrickville's. Oh, That's not fair. Cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> you. Is it me? Or not you. I hate radio. <laughs> you can't win in this game. This is a <laughs> game. Triple M. Okay, text. Pretty simple. Basically, I play a very, very short snippet of music. Now, it might be one of your songs, or it might not be. It might be somebody else's. Mm. And you've got to try and guess whether it's your music or not. Now, it sounds like it'd it's be just pretty a yes easy. Yes or no? Yes or no? I yeah, don't yeah. have to actually pick. You should, you should try. You should try because it led. To, now, I want to just give you a bit of a background. Current leader is Sting, right? And he took it way too seriously. <laughs> Mate, like, Daniel Lamb was like, took it very it seriously. Bit, like, we, it was kind of fun and convivial. And then he just went, we just said, oh, it's a competition. He just goes, all right, then. And got really in the zone. 
Bernard Fanning uh, has done it twice, and he I think he got four out of five, uh, three out of five one time, and yeah. then maybe two out of five the second time. I think he's actually regressed. <laughs> so okay. you're, you're in a steep, but you can't do worse than Peter Garrett, who got, I think, one out of five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pete hates his own music. <laughs> well, ex- exactly. A lot of us don't listen to our own music. Yeah. Once, once it's, uh, you, you know, play it, once it's down the chute and yep. gone. It's like, That's it. <laughs> Take the check and piss off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dex, ready to play yours or not? Okay. The first musical grab. Oh, easy. No. No. That's when, Cavo. Yeah, absolutely. That's a piece of piss. That's a gimme. Red Right Hand. Great song, though. Oh, Turing made of yours, Nick? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Just say, yeah, sure. Okay. Next one. Yep. Yours? That's ours. That's uh, some cruel sea song. Some cruel sea song? <laughs> Come on. Well, I, 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 I recognize the um, the drum sound. Yeah. There you go. Come on, Tex. That's a classic. We play that like about every 90 minutes on the station. Shit. I recognize the drum sound. <laughs> But, but I didn't recognise the, the song. Lyricic? But hey, I got it right, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, all right. Okay. We'll give you that one. Okay, next one. Yep, that's us. Who's that? Your, one of yours? That's Cruel Sea. Yeah, great. Black Stick. Yep. Oh, <laughs> three for three. That's another cracking song, one of my favourites. Okay, next song. Yours or Ooh. No, that's not us. Who do you reckon that is? Want to hear it again? Go. Why do you say that's not your band? I know. I'm, I'm just that's that's my instinct. <laughs> I'm that's not uh, Midnight Oil's Wedding Cake Island, is it? No. Okay. Overkill. Okay. Mate, you're good. It's all right. That's four from four. Holy cow! <laughs> you're <laughs> moving into sting territory now. <laughs> Perfect round here. I'd better right. get one wrong, eh? Okay, here we go. Stand at this. So I don't look so, like such a wanker. No, no, that's my job. <laughs> Last one. I don't think that's us. I don't think that's... Nah. Not you? Got nothing to do with it. Okay. <laughs> is, is, is that music? That's the white water that sports. Music? That's the white water sports intro. <laughs> You know, you're always barely music, it's sport. That's what it it's, is. It doesn't have to have rhythm, tune, or... No. or no. It's just... No, exactly. I don't know. It's perfect round, though. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, Tex. That's five from five. We Give only prepared one. five. <laughs> Mate, I thought that was. Mate, Jesus Christ, congratulations. Five from five, which actually puts you in front of Sting. <laughs> in front? Holy shit. What? He got one wrong. He's never had a perfect round. You're the first person with a perfect round. Wow, that yeah, was, that was a little mean, too easy. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's, you're that good. I, I think, think you can better get better get me back in again another time mate, and oh. make it really hard. Deal. Tex Perkins, <laughs> love to have you back anytime, mate. An absolute pleasure. Uh, you can go and see uh, Tex, Don and Charlie at the Factory Theatre later on this month. You can just go to their website to get the details and get their music. You don't know Lonely. It's out now. Be a part of it. Tex Perkins, always a pleasure, mate. Good on you. Thanks, mate. It, was, it, it has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it'll, it, that'll... 
That'll, that'll fade. That's, yeah, already the gloss has come off. It's over. <laughs> Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today on plan or outright from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony with world-first smartphone technology like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced, it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's, visit sonymobile.com forward slash AU. Merrickville, 104.9, Triple M.